What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Joey, I am not too big of a man to tell you I cried more than I've ever cried this morning. Wow. Like somebody step on your toe or what we got going on here? (laughs) No. Okay. I'm going to repeat that. I said more than I ever cried. That's not the truth. Because there's been some moments somebody stepped on my toe that I really (laughs) cried. Okay. No. and, I, and I'm only saying this not for sympathy, not for like, oh, look at Russ. He's a human, too. No, I just want to be like just sharing something that was on my heart. And we interviewed this guy and I didn't even know. Like it, it was the two things were not connected, but they're totally connected. Where I took one of my daughters to breakfast. We started having conversations about, you know, just understanding what the future holds and how to prepare ourselves. And I, I I ended up in this conversation, Joey, about talking about how I wasted five years of my life going through college, not knowing what I wanted to do. And in the end, while it all leads to where I am today, in the end, had someone been able to show me a pathway before then, I could have cut five years out. And the challenge to me and what hit me so hard is, is that if I would have learned what I know now five years earlier... I would be in the position I am today five years ago. And then I started backtracking and how old that individual would have been. Hey, you're not 17, you're 12. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. What, 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 how is life different when we're having conversations with our kids five years ago, if we were in the position we are today. And I just started, I was, I was in this, position of regret, which I don't want to be in regret, right? God's plan is perfect. And I was meant to do everything that I did, but I, I'm grateful for our guest today, Jim Shields, who gives us a blueprint and a solution to, to take advantage of those moments. Absolutely. I mean, what we always talk about on this show is time. It's masked as passive income, right? It's masked as financial freedom. But ultimately, it's all about time. And it's all about being a good steward of the time and the relationships that we've been given by God, right? And man, I'll tell you, for for Jim to come on in his book, his company's name is 18 Summers. You know, 18summers.com. That's what he's going to tell you at the end of this episode. And it kind of hits you like, well, that's kind of a strange name except when he expounds on the fact that if you think about the time that you have with each child is you have 18 summers and then they're gone. What are you going to do to maximize the time that you have to invest in each one of their lives and 
good night. Isn't it so true? Like if you work a full-time job, they're at school all day long, they come home, they have very little time to do their homework, to get ready, like to eat something quickly, get ready for bed. And it starts over the next day. Like how much time do they really have? And then each weekend, what's it filled with? Uh, Other sports and other activities and other things. They're not with you. They might be in like proximity to you, but they're not with you, man. I can, I, I'm not going to take anything away from this interview because you're going to want to sit on the edge of your seat and understand how to practically create a hack in your own life to make the most of each one of your children's lives. And this is all about financial freedom in the way in which we want our families to be there when we reach it. I don't know about you, Russ, but I say we just jump into this episode with Jim Shields right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Wealth Without Wall Street Tribe, you're in for a treat today. Our good friend Jim Shields is here in the studio. Jim, glad to have you, man. Joey Ross, good to see you guys. Yeah, Jim, grateful uh, to connect again. Um, Enjoyed the conversation before we press record. Uh, You have a real estate background and we probably dig that out. But one of the things that was super interesting to Joey and I that we wanted to share with our audience is the heart. And we share on our our show all the time that uh, we have large families. Joey has five, I have four. And you mentioned years ago that you went to a retreat with taking your investors. And at that retreat, conversations started coming up around the family and some of the issues that um, some of the investors were, were struggling with, which inspired you to do something. Would you mind sharing with our audience what that something was and what was the conversation that inspired it? Yeah, it seemed for guys like us, there was places we could go to start to learn how to improve the business, but there was absolutely nothing for family life. And what would what had been of concern was a few of us were were chatting and we had been to some big events with some big headliners, with some big balance sheets and getting into the green green room. You guys know the green room is where speakers go. I got invited at a young age back to the green room to do some speaking, which was exciting. And sometimes, as you guys know, they say, don't get too close to your heroes. Because what I saw on stage and what I saw behind the stage were completely different. And these people's uh, financial lives were very healthy, but their relationships were in the toilet. They had barely no relationship with their spouse, uh, their children, saw them as strangers. And I got to be honest with you guys, that really frightened me. That, That frightened me because why, how could I not become different than that. These are the people I looked up to. And so I wanted to do it differently. And, you know, coming into my role of becoming a family man, almost instantly, you know, adopting a seven and a five-year-old from my wife's previous marriage, that was a, a, a recurring record in the back of my head. How do I not become like them? 
how do I give the things that I wanted to receive that my parents couldn't give me because they had no passive income, no financial freedom and no time. But I don't want to become like the people who I was esteeming to be like that I saw once I got behind the curtain, they weren't spending time. So I really went on a mission, Russ, to say, how can I simplify this situation? You know, I remember saying the problem doesn't have to be as complicated as we make the solution. How, how can I make sure that I'm, I'm successful in business and successful at home? And it really all started with this one simple strategy, this rhythm that I put into my family life right away uh, with a seven and five-year-old adopted sons that the story spread like wildfire and then became a best-selling book. So what, I mean, I think we all probably think we know what some of those problems were and are, and maybe we're experiencing them in our own families, but is is it just desire to to be successful is what created this estrangement to their families or was there more to it that you started uncovering as you started digging through this well i think i think estrangement is is most of the time not on purpose it's not saying i'm going to estrange my family and go for this but there is a a great fear and honor at the same time of being able to provide for your family I don't have to tell you guys that with nine children between you, it is an honor, but it is a fear. Will I be able to provide for my family? And sometimes, you know, especially for a lot of us ADD hyper-focused entrepreneurs, we get into that hyper-focused treadmill number nine and we start running and we start climbing up that entrepreneurial mountain so hard, so fast, so frantic with good intentions, but you finally stop and actually look around consciously and your family's either gone or what I've seen happen way more times with people I work with, their family's still there. But if you really have to be honest, the way that they've set up their life and, and, and lacked such any rhythms at home, they're basically viewed as a stranger at home, you know, a part-time disciplinarian or just an ATM machine. And that's a serious thing, Russ, because when that happens, there are three dominating emotions that take over, and that's guilt, depression, and bitterness. And I don't know how you can ever do your best, at least I can't, if those are my three dominating emotions personally or professionally, I'm not going to be at my best. But the good news, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, and, and I think that all of us are one or two steps away from separating farther from that concern than, than we can even know. Uh, and that's been the positive side of this for me is it's not that far away to have that grounded present family life that most people aspired for before they even got into entrepreneurship. Talk, talk about like, obviously this wasn't just one person that you observed that had these issues. Talk about some of those um, conversations about where things went wrong. Like some of these entrepreneurs that you started to, to see what was actually happening behind the curtain, no pun intended. Um, and like, where did, did they have moments that were kind of like um, wake up calls? Like, oh, I wish I would have done this then. Like, were, were some of those conversations happening or did you just kind of, you know, just aspire to be different, just go your own path? Or did you did they lead that for you? You know, the conversation really started when I started to get pushed up on stage. And I, I want to make sure this is clear to everyone. I did not want to talk about family life. This was not comfortable. I was a real estate investor. And I had shared some of these breakthroughs I had had with my adopted sons in private mastermind groups. And, and people were tearing up and they're crying and you're hitting on a deep chord. 
I'm going, geez, I'm onto something here. Um, not that I wanted to be. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not talking about it. I didn't want to write the book. I didn't want to talk about it. But what would happen, Joey, is I'd get up uh, and tell my story, tell about my own setbacks, my own def- you know faults. And the amount of people that would come up to me and share side things like and just say that those same words, I feel like a stranger at home. I feel like my kids would go to their friends or the Internet before they'd ever come to me. I feel like I'm working so hard, but I'm not really a part of family life. And that that really bothered me. And and it bothered me not only because I don't believe in misery loves company. I felt all those ways too many times myself. So there was a common theme in this. And I started again, the way that I work is I, I will I will shut down, roll over and and not do it if it becomes too complicated. That's just the way that I am. I like to I, I get rhythmized. I go into things. And I'll be able to follow it. So I was like, there has to be some ways, some powerful rhythms that we can set into our family life to avoid this feeling of guilt, depression, bitterness. Was there a blueprint? Like, how, obviously, you, you started getting insight into this. Was it just like a revelation overnight? Oh, I need to do this. Or what was the learning moments for you to be able to write this book? Yeah, the learning moments for me came from interviewing, I probably, I don't even know how many hundreds of in- entrepreneurs that I interviewed um, of successes and failures. How were they staying connected to their family? How had they failed at that? And there started to be some things, Russ, that floated to the surface. And Joey, you've read the book, so you know, one of the biggest ones was the lack of one-on-one time with, with their children. It was non-existent. I mean, me coming from a family of five, I think I can remember maybe one time I was alone with my dad, you know, once, um, it, at least when I was younger. And, and so I started to find strong principles of things that were getting in the way and also things that could propel forward. So one of the things was lack of quality one-on-one time. It just wasn't happening. Another thing, which I don't have to tell you guys, and this was almost like Captain Obvious, but man, is it really, really a, a powerful distraction and deterrent. And that's technology. You know, thank God, like the three of us can sit here on this call, but you have to have times of complete and total unavailability. That's why we call it intermittent tech fasting. That's a term that we coined in 18 summers because this, this technology thing, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is detrimental to a lot of relationships. So that started to rise to the surface. Also, there is a a lack of communication, a a huge lack of communication with things we're willing to do for our children are comfortable to do. Uh, You know, we we as entrepreneurs are here's what here's what I figured out about guys like us. We're in the ring like this. Right. You're not going to tell me that underwriting deals and, and going through refis and, you know, all these different moving parts that we have that there's not that you don't have your 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 fists up a lot of the time. Right. Our guard is up. And then all of a sudden we go home. Problem is, subconsciously, sometimes our guard doesn't go down. And, and that's, that's a pretty powerful thing to realize. And what I realized for myself and for a lot of other people, our, our spouses, our children, were, were really being denied two things, a sincere apology and an authentic compliment. We just, we, we think we give them, we don't give them, um, but our stubborn head puts us in the way of both of those. Either we're completely uncomfortable giving either one of those, or our ego gets in the way and that overproud entrepreneur says, well, you know how hard I'm working? 
Do you know what I had to do to get this last deal over the table? And we also, we start to play these stories in our heads that we're immune to apology. We're immune uh, to basic manners. And it's just not true. So these are all things that I constantly uncovered in conversations. Not only that, one of the most painful ways was to ask my own children. And when they start to say that, gosh, that's when there can be a dagger through the heart. I tell this story on stage a lot when it goes to the technology side. I, I had a rule every, you know, every day my phone goes off for at least an hour or two at the end of the day. I broke my own rule. I get on the trampoline with my five-year-old daughter. The phone buzzes in my pocket, right? We all know that. <laughs> Damn it. I take it out of my pocket. And someone screwed up a closing. I mean, I'm one of the most simple little things that had to be in by the end of the day for the closing, set off a chain reaction of all this. So there I am on the trampoline with, with my daughter, Maggie. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm swearing under my breath. And sitting right there, something happened that changed me. She's staring at me and she goes, oh, daddy, why are you, why are you so mad at me? And I was like, wow, what a lesson. I'm not as good as I think I am. I can, I can try to, you know, BS to her and actually be here. You can't be two places at once. So these were all just discoveries of my conversations, private, publicly with my own children, with other people and their children. Do you have any other examples of like things that you learned from just asking your, your kids um, questions along the way? Oh gosh, where do we start Russ? Um, you know, I took a communications class and they get to interview your children and you want to talk about some powerful things and you give them the chance. I said, I want you to say exactly um, what you need to say. This is only going to help me. So, you know, when you hear things about you jump to conclusions, you pretend to be listening, you know, pseudo listening. Um, you, um, you don't let me finish my sentence and you try to finish it for me. You, you, um, you solve a problem when I didn't ask you to solve it. I just wanted you to listen and to be heard. You know, these are some of the things that I've come through over the years. So again, I, hopefully you guys can see, I have never, uh, you guys haven't seen one of my full talks yet, but I do not teach from a point of perfection. I wouldn't even know how to fake that nonsense because family <laughs> life, is, it has nothing to do. Here's the good news. Family life has nothing to do with perfection. It's all about bridging our imperfections and making the most of the time we have together. So I've heard all of those things. Now, I've also heard things from my kids where they say, you have, you have our back. We can approach you about anything. Um, you've, you've planned so many fun adventures and let us be a part of that planning. So there's some good things too, but I always want to be aware of the things that our children might be too afraid to say to us. And a couple of times when they said they were too afraid to say I wasn't listening, they didn't feel heard, I was jumping to conclusions, I seemed short and impatient. Well, they what would they say when we finally got it out of them? They said, Well, he was working so hard. I didn't I didn't want to disturb that. He's working so hard. So that that grindstone, that hardness, yeah, that serves a purpose in the real world, but we can also block our kids out from even approaching us if we take it too seriously. Okay, Trav, I know you're listening to Jim, and there's probably at least one of these things that's resonating with you. If not, then please um, call call Joey and I and let us know all the things that you figured out that we haven't. Right? Here's the key is that we're not to beat ourselves up through this. And I, don't, I know that's not what you're saying, Jim. It's Definitely not. But, it, it's, but it's to recognize that in our pursuit 
of entrepreneurship and our pursuit of becoming financially free, we don't want to lose the family that we, as you said, are doing it for, right? Yeah. Like our, our kids and our, and our families, they could care less about anything but our attention. And we think and get caught up in all the other, which is what distracts us from being present in all the moments. And I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with my wife looking over my shoulder right now and thinking of all the times that I've not been present and all the times that I've failed. But I, what I would love to know from you, since you have been on this pursuit and have taken the time to put it into words and created this amazing book, The Family Board Meeting, Talk to us a little bit about that revelation that you had. What were some of those steps that you were starting to implement in your own life that has had such dramatic impact that we all could glean from? Yeah. Well, again, the good news is the solution doesn't have to be as complicated as we've made this problem. So a couple of rhythms can really save your relationship with your kid, with your marriage. It, it, it It's it can be used almost on the same business side. So when I talk to business people and I say, when do you meet with your CFO? And they're like, every Thursday, three to five, I'm meeting with my CFO. And I say, great, when's your sales meeting? Every Monday morning, 10 to 12 is our sales meeting. So I'll say, well, what day and time uh, every week do you meet for your spouse on a date? Crickets, <laughs> right? So what I found is just like I was able to hold my ADD entrepreneur brain as a real estate investor into certain rhythms, if I brought that at home, I could do the same thing. And so I started to set rhythms, just a couple of simple, powerful rhythms at home to help hold my family life together. And it started to show real results. Again, we go back to principle number one, one-on-one. -on -one. If you guys, like if, if the tribe doesn't hear anything else I say today and they just wanna hack, and you know, have that one answer, start to spend one-on-one -on -one time with each member of your family. That, that is an unfair advantage at that point. You gotta separate the parts to strengthen the whole. So what do I do? And I talk about in the book, I spend a day a quarter with each one of my children. That is our grounding. That is our relationship maker or breaker. And I've done that for over a decade now with each of my children. I'm now up to five. I'm not doing it with the eight month old yet, but when she's two and a half, I'll start doing it with her. Uh, my wife, Every Wednesday, 5.30 to 8.30. Every Wednesday. If you guys had tried to make this call a little bit later today, I would have said, sorry, guys, I can't. I have a standing appointment. It's 5.30 to 8.30 every Wednesday. And when I started to put these things in place, Russ, just those two things alone, I'll, I'll give you three. Every Wednesday date night, a day a quarter with each of my children, and then Sunday family meeting, things started to grab cohesion. There started to be have that space where I wasn't, you know, half listening or jumping to conclusions or seeming unavailable. Um, it actually opened the door for us to have those deeper conversations, to feel closer. And that's what two, three rhythms that just got us off the bat. And that's really what the book is about. Some powerful principles that you can rhythmize in your family life and use over and over and over. And it doesn't imprison you. People go, oh, if I do the same thing over and over, it's going to get boring. That's completely untrue. In fact, it, it, you gain freedoms, you don't lose them. I just read this comment. It was so drawing joy. I wanted to share it. I realized that my time is not really mine. It's my company's. Now I have to stop negotiating my time for money and I need to start working to become financially free. 
That's exactly how I felt when my daughter Adler asked me on the way to school, dad, can you pick me up from school today? And I had to say, no, baby, I have to go to work. That's where I drew the line. In order for you to be clear on the things you need to do and stop doing and to know who you need to become so that you can stop trading time for money, join us right now at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Now let's get back to this episode. That's what I was getting. My, my next question was going to be around the fears that we have, right? So I would just say, I, I implemented this strategy, not having read your book yet, but I implemented this strategy in January of 2021, where I started every Wednesday morning taking one of my four kids to breakfast, just an hour to hour and a half. And I've done it almost every single Wednesday. There's been a couple of Wednesdays where I'm out of town. And so I tried to go on a Saturday. I've made 95% of all of those things happen. And they, they've got to a point where they're like, hey, by the way, it's my day tomorrow. You know, and they, they're, they're all excited. My son yeah. like has always asked me, when am I going to do it next time? Here's one of the questions that came up in my mind early on, right? Is when we're not or have not been spending one-on-one time is what are we going to talk about, <laughs> right? Like it's somebody that you have known since they were a baby and you love them to death but still could be fearful of knowing what am I going to talk about in your book? Do you lay out groundwork to help create conversation so that we don't have that fear of what are we going to talk about? I do. I do. There's some absolute do's and don'ts. And I give a couple of ideas of what I do now. Breakfast is great. I love breaking bread and and I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't do my strategy every Wednesday. There's just not time. It's almost a whole day. But one of the, few things that we always break bread together. There's a couple of things of do's and don'ts, right? That you want to make sure that you're keeping in mind. Um, one of the things, and this seems painfully obvious, but okay, you haven't been with your 12 year old in a while. You're setting to go out for, for one-on-one breakfast or you're going out to the beach for them for a few hours. You set up a half day with them. Don't plan to give your next 50 lectures of how they should improve their life. Now we all like, oh yeah, but bullshit, we all would do that, you know, especially the entrepreneur pushing us. It's good intention, but you want them to roll their eyes back in their head and, and never want to go on one again. That's one way for sure. That's not what these days are about. That's something that you, you want, in fact, the opposite. Remember I said before, people are, most people, our wives and our children, they're, they're lacking a sincere compliment or authentic apology. Sometimes the best way, and I've coached a lot of people on this. Oh, I'm nervous. I haven't been with my 10-year-old. I've been working a lot. I've probably been short. The pandemic was super stressful. I get it. You know how you might want to sit down if you're with your child at breakfast, like Russ was just saying? You say exactly that. Hey, I just want to tell you something. I've been extra short and I think impatient and, and maybe a little distant and stressed and overwhelmed the last few months. I just want to apologize for that. That's not, that's not what I, I wasn't trying to direct it towards you. There was a lot of stresses at work and that's still not okay. That's not an excuse and it shouldn't come down on you or your sister or your mom. I just want to say, I'm sorry. You want to talk about this because here's the goal. This is what we're all just remember. People can't say I have, I have my fists up right, right now. You want to get your kids to lower their guard. That is one of the best ways I've seen to do it. Lower the guard. And even some of the competitive entrepreneur parents that I know, 
it's crazy how how short we are on a, a sincere compliment. You know, we just we don't give them. We think we give them. We think we've said one, but we don't. And you might want to stop and say, you know, I've noticed with all the craziness around here, your little sister has been all over the place and you've been helping play with her, clean up some of her stuff, even if it's not yours and trying to really help mom with that. And that really means a lot to me that you're being a team player for the family and for your, for your little sister. So thank you. I really appreciate that. I mean, we're, we, these are the, these are some of the starting points, Russ, that are so obvious. Don't lecture them. Give that overdue apology. Um, give that, unsaid compliment, a true one, not a bullshit one where you're trying to get something out of them. You know, that's, that's, that's a starting point. Absolutely. That you will see a difference right then and there. Oh, I love that. It helps people to just have like a jumping off point and take the kind of the uncertainty or fear out of that time. Is there any other framework that you would like give people for that time that you set aside for these board meetings that would give people an idea of what else is involved. Yeah, let them plan the day. That's the best thing, Joey. Everyone says, I wanna support my kids' passions and talents more. Let them plan the day. And can they be three years old and plan the day? Absolutely. You know, you let them plan the day, that's ownership, that's creativity, you're gonna start to see things rise to the surface. Like for example, my son is 19 years old. We talked about him when you, when the three of us got introduced, yep. you know, so we've done these, these for over a decade. Well, what do you like to do most of the time? He liked to go fishing and I'm a surfer. I like fishing. It's not my main thing, but it's what he loves. So I would go all in. I would support it. I'd find new places to do it in the, in the keys in Costa Rica and here in our backyard. Well, now he has a charter fishing business. Um, so if, if, if that's not some sort of inspiration, I don't know what is, but you let them plan the day and you go all in and yes, Joey, Russ, we might have some princess parties. I'm probably not going to post the photos on, um, but I've gone all in on them and I have no regrets. And, uh, and that's something too, if you're going to plan these days with your children or your spouse, Hey, where would you like to go? Sometimes it's nice to be planned for. Like I know my, my wife likes if I plan it, but for the kids, we're always kind of pulling them to think to what we think they'll like. You let them pick that, man, that's a whole new level of excitement and ownership. So I, I wanna make sure I'm, I'm clarifying this. So when they, you're, you're saying once a quarter, you let a kid pick a half a day or a day with you and it's just one-on-one and they get to go wherever they want to, obviously within reason, correct? Yep. I heard that right? Yeah. And, and is that typically you and your spouse that do that? So is it a two-on-one or is it just one-on-one no. and then you and your wife, rotate where they get to go do it and then you get to go do it great question all right russ let's give them the paper napkin cheat sheet we're not okay. in school so we're allowed to do that now let's okay it. so it's every quarter i have a quote-unquote board meeting with each one of my children and it's at least a half a day so at least four hours because four hours plus gives you the chance to have decompression and real connection so that's just something that i had studied up on and there's only three guiding principles it's going to be one-on-one -on -one no siblings, no friends, no spouses, just the magnifying glasses going on that one relationship, all in, just that one relationship, father to daughter, mom to son, whatever it is, but one-on-one. -on -one. The second principle is without electronics, we're having an intermittent tech fast during this thing. There's no electronics. You can bring your phone on airplane mode to snap one or two commemorative photos. I'm really glad I've done that over the years, but that's it. And then the third is a fun activity of their choice with focused reflection. 
Now, fun activity with focus reflection. I know we were having some geek out alternative education conversations that first time we met. That's the shortest definition, guys, for experiential education. Fun activity with focus reflections. That, that is experiential education. So you're letting them plan the day. You're going all in. You Whatever it is from going to the beach to a lighthouse to princess parties to roller skating, a hike, whatever it is. And at the end of the day, you break bread and you have conversation about the day. And the simple question of all experiential education, what was your favorite part of the day and why? There's the there's the the icebreaker. And then it might follow up with that apology that we owe, that compliment we haven't had. And you will be shocked at what children will start to open up with and the closeness they'll feel, feel to you with that one simple strategy right there. That's that's the whole book. So I just explained the whole book. There's more good support around <laughs> it, but you guys got some real meat off the bone right there. Well, so the big the big question I have is do you let them pick the nail polish that they put on you? Like, or is that your choice at least? No, I don't even get to pick that, Joey. Okay. And I, I would have definitely picked a little lighter color for my blue <laughs> eyes. But <laughs> they want you to wash out. You know, <laughs> yeah, the whole deal. I, I would. What I'd love to hear is just. I mean, you've seen this, and in, in the number of years that you've been doing this, some of those tough. Like, you know, we, we were just talking, given that analogy of the boxer, right? Like we're always in battle. We're always challenging some of those tough guy, um, you know, strict, you know, strong women, uh, entrepreneurs. Talk a little bit about some of the transformations you've seen in their life as they've started implementing this and what that has translated to both in conversation and other things. Yeah, it's there are different roles in our life. And I've had to learn that the hard way. So I remember I talk about this in the book when when my uh, second oldest, Leland, was six and I took him on one of these. He's 17 now. He wanted to go to the lighthouse. He was terrified of, of heights. I mean, terrified. But his brother had gone you know, a few months earlier. He wanted to go. Anyway, we tell this whole story about how we had to, it took us like an hour to get up the lighthouse. We're stopping on landing and landing and taking deep breaths. He gets through it. And he was so proud of himself. We climbed it a second time, went to lunch, stopped at this beach to climb on the giant jetty rocks. And he said to me, with all seriousness, this is a six-year-old, you know, I'm talking about, wow, it's really cool to see you overcome, you know, th those fears and make it to the top. He said, uh, he said, Dad, have, have you ever been afraid? Now, you, you think of that right now, and there's going to be some guys like, damn straight. Yeah, Jim, like chest bump. That was one of the worst examples I could have been setting for that little guy because it's, it's total BS. Was I ever afraid? I mean, name the day, you know, for the business stuff or, or even being at his age. And so I start to say things, oh, I remember walking through the neighbor and this dog literally running and attacking me. I remember getting pushed down at soccer practice by this nine-year-old, you know, I started to share these things because Something that I've learned, which digs deeper into the weeds. Our children have nothing in common with us if we put up this facade that we are um, bulletproof, that we are Superman. You got to kill Superman. There, there, is no, there, is, there is no relationship to be had because they will think they're inferior to you and that causes separation. Now, you want to give a, an example of strength and courage, but to, to be, I, I don't have any fear. Well, we all know that's not true. So what I've found is, especially telling that story in the book, 
as they started to use a little more vulnerability, as they started to, they, they could still be strong, but they were lowering their dukes and they're actually saying, man, I remember being a teen. It sucked when I was going through this and I, I had no direction and I was confused. You know, and I got some bad grades and wasn't interested, what, whatever it is. The, the ability for them to be able to relate to you goes through the roof. It goes through the roof. And so for a lot of people, two things, Russ, they've learned that if they'll lower the guard a little bit and just share some of that vulnerability and admit, I wasn't a perfect teen, I wasn't a perfect toddler, whatever it was, um, it, it goes a very, very long way. Also, they're going to start to learn that all the stuff we're working for, and you guys alluded to that before, is already here. I had a client who who's owned a huge marketing company, went through a really bad divorce, had two daughters, two twin daughters. Um, and, you know, this went through a span of time and, and they were in their teens when he was finally coming around the, through the other side. And I'll never forget, he called me, he had done a board meeting with, with one of, one of the girls. And then he had done one a week later with the other twin. And they both said the same things. He was, he apologized. I'm sorry with the divorce and losing the business. And they both said this, which, which is almost like such a blessing to hear, but also uh, an advisory curse to watch out for they both said, Dad, don't you understand? It's never all that that we wanted. It was just you. And that's like, that should encourage you. That should reward you. That maybe we're closer to where we should already be, you know? And as you guys are doing incredible work, getting people to 200% passive income. But along the way, they're wanting you. And if you set these rhythms, you can give that. So you're getting, you're getting the whole Monty, right? You're getting success in business and success at home if you allow that to be seen. But, but sometimes these hard nosed, like you said, really tough entrepreneurs, they didn't realize it was simply them that their children or their spouse wanted. That should really, really bring comfort. Um, but for some reason, we, we get in that go, 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 and we don't even think it's us they want. It's the things that it can produce or, or the protection it can provide. But sometimes it's just us. And that should be really, really inspiring. At least it was for me. Oh, super inspiring. And I, the, the thing I want to point out, um, Tribe, is that we're all on a journey to get to passive income, to create financial freedom. And many of you have shared with us, even just the other day, we were interviewing um, members of our inner circle and they talk about examples that motivated them to want to get financially free is that their time is not their own that they are trading time for money and they don't have like this idea that Jim is sharing of a board meeting with a child. You have no option to have that half day or that whole day with your child during the week because your week is already spoken for. But this is something that I want to encourage you with is this board meeting can be the band-aid on that weekend that you only have that time available to spend with your kids that will then expand as you create financial freedom for yourself. Now you could do it on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, any day of the week, because your time is your time. And, and that's why we thought this was so valuable to bring to you um, tribe is that financial freedom is about buying time. And that's the stuff that your, your family is showing up for, right? If you're not there, uh, to show up for them in this way. That's what financial freedom is going to buy back for you. And anyway, I just, I just want to kind of throw that out as, as a motivation for each of you that are doing the right next thing 
and our process to get there, this is one of those things that you should implement right away and make sure that you're not losing focus of creating financial freedom for who? The people that aren't going to show up because they're no longer there, right? So Jim, thank you for being up, being willing to come on and, and share this kind of blueprint for us and helping our um, our tribe to see how to make this happen for their families. Oh, my pleasure. Jim, if someone wanted to go deeper uh, with this, uh, where would you send them? Uh, if you guys want to learn more about what we do with Family Rhythms and helping entrepreneur families, just go to 18summers.com. And the meaning is exactly what it sounds. My mentor told me that. He says, you got 18 summers with your kids before they go off and be adults. Make the most of that time uh, because if time is fleeting. The years are not all created equal. So make the most of that time. All right. I love that. Please, please don't let that time pass you by. You will never regret spending more time with your family and passive income. As Joey said, being greater than your monthly expenses can just add more time, but make sure you make time for them along the way. Jim, thank you again for coming on. Added tremendous value. We enjoyed it. Oh, I loved it, guys. Thanks for having me. And as always, we appreciate you listening. If you haven't had a chance yet, please take time to rate, review, um, and subscribe to the show. We'd love to um, reach you on the next episode. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.